Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, no, I think it, there we go. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody, welcome back. The third edition of our beautiful trilogy of the On the Bench, Beyond the Bench, Knoll Thy Enemy. I am your host, Trey Rowland, and I am here with the ever-knowledgeable, the ever-charismatic, the ever-youthful, exuberant, dangerous Dane Draper himself. Dane, how are you feeling, my man? The Knolls are 2-0, and and you've been right on every single one of your predictions. <laughs> my family's pointed that out a little bit like i've been weirdly close i got to keep predicting wins i think that's what it is that's but yeah it. I'm, I'm doing well trey how about you that's good buddy i'm just eating w's all over the place because I, I don't have an original thought in my body i just do whatever you tell me to do dane so you keep predicting w's and i will too but know thy enemy wildly successful wildly accurate so of course if you're listening on the bench YouTube feed or the on the bench audio podcast feed, thank you. Subscribe so you can get all the episodes popped in. We usually try to get ours out either a day or two right before game day. And uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everybody about this the best Noel opponent preview show in the history of Noel's opponents or previews. Listen, we're going up to Louisville, Kentucky on Friday night. The Knolls had a bye week last week. They get some rest after that kind of big emotional blow off of a game against Louisiana and the last true cage and Brian Kelly. It's a huge game. It's a game that has been circled on everybody's calendars pretty much since the season started. And a lot of people, I think myself included before the games were played, I thought this would be possibly even a tougher game than playing LSU in New Orleans. Now, with the with the way the Cardinals have performed this year, I don't know that to be the case anymore, even though I do think it's going to be a very um, heated environment. It's Louisville's home opener, and we always suck when we play there. It's like one of those places like Raleigh, just for whatever reason, Florida State does not play a clean game up in Louisville. Dane, what do you think? Louisville is one and one. They got smacked around by Syracuse 31 to seven in the in the carrier dome or whatever they call that concrete monstrosity. They squeaked out a win in Orange County against UCF 20 to 14. So they're one and one. What do you think about the Cardinals level of play? And do they look how you expected them to look in the preseason? Yeah, so you start out with Syracuse. That was definitely a big shock to get blown out by that team in the carrier sure. dome, but still, I mean, they were 
definitely favored in that game. They ended up getting blown out. Um, they bounced back against UCF. That's a tough place to play too. But I think in general, yeah, they've they've been a little below expectation for sure. And then FSU on the other side has been a little above expectation. So I think I mean that's why they're favored going in going into Louisville. Yeah, I think we're what about like with three point favorites, something like that, like two and a yeah, half, two and three, a half right now, something like that. So yeah, that Syracuse game mentioned they lost thirty one to seven at Syracuse. The Orange, formerly the Orange Men, put up like about four hundred fifty yards of offense, two hundred eight on the ground, two forty one through the air. Garrett Schrader had a pretty big day. They win against UCF. That score was twenty to fourteen. Looks like they tightened up the defense a little bit against UCF. They allowed they went from 450. They allowed 340 yards total, uh, 208 on the ground though, and that's been kind of a consistent theme. Louisville's rush defense, not really, not really that great. It, it looks like their opponents are averaging 5.3 yards per rush against Louisville this season, uh, and four of the six touchdowns the Cardinals allowed have been on the ground. Dane. Norvell, the running backs, Jordan Travis, they got to be looking at that and just like licking their chops. What have you seen of like Louisville's run defense? Is it been as porous to your eye as the numbers suggest? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they've played two teams that run the ball pretty well with quarterbacks that are especially good on the ground. But Correct. It is not getting easier against Florida State either. I mean, Florida State's <laughs> obviously a good team on the ground. That's that's where they're going to look to uh, – or that's the strength of their offense, right? And Jordan Travis hasn't Absolutely. even used his legs a ton at this point. So that's that's the biggest uh, that's the most significant matchup in this game that could really go in our favor. And I guess you'd expect to go in our favor. Absolutely. If two Jamokes like you and myself can notice that, you know, that Mike Norvell has circled it and is probably going to base his game plan around it. And, you know, Scott Satterfield is wiping the perspiration off his weirdo dork transition eyeglasses and he is fretting over what's going to happen. So let's get into each side of the ball. We kind of talked about. Louisville's performance so far, kind of like as a whole, not as good as we thought they'd be preseason, especially with, I think they had like 17 starters returning, something crazy like that. I want to start off with Louisville's offense because I feel like Louisville's offense versus Florida State's defense is the much more favorable matchup for Louisville. So let's start there. And honestly, you can't, their offense starts and stops with quarterback Malik Cunningham, who in in the past has had really good games against Florida state. His numbers this year though, have been a little bit, uh, it doesn't look very Maliki or maybe it looks like bad Malik. There's, there was always an argument of bad Malik versus good Malik. These are kind of like bad Malik numbers. He's 30 of 51 throughout the year, 58.8% completion percentage, 347 passing yards in two games, two picks, no touchdowns. So he's yet to throw a, uh, a touchdown through the air this season. He is. He does have 155 rushing yards through two games. So, and he, he's carrying about. He's got one touchdown. He's about 5.2 yards per rush. So, I think, especially with kind of the the images of Jaden Daniels flashing through everybody's heads, everybody's afraid of Malik Cunningham on the ground because, at least in the past, he has shown to be a more competent, and accurate passer than Jaden Daniels was for LSU. So what do you think, Dane? What, what do you think about Malik's early season struggles? Do you think that he's going to return to form, or is it a case of the surrounding cast is not helping him out at all? What do you think of Malik Cunningham's play so far this season, and how is Florida State going to contain him? Yeah, I mean, you're comparing him to uh, to Jaden Daniels. I think he's more dynamic. Sure. I, I think he's a better runner and a passer than Jaden Daniels, honestly, but he doesn't have – nearly the same help that Jaden Daniels does. Um, 
I mean, the wide receivers, nothing to write home about. They have some new guys in there, Tyler Hudson being the main one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Central Arkansas transfer, he's he's their main guy there for sure. And then you have Marshawn Ford, like a tight end, H-back guy, who was a third-team All-ACC guy last year and led them in, uh, I think, catches and yards, 49 catches, 550 yards. And um, then there's uh, slot wide receiver, Amari Huggins-Bruce, number nine, at 29 catches, 444 yards last season as a freshman. We'll talk about that a little bit later because I think that's a matchup to look out for. But um, but yeah, I, he like you said, starts and stops with Malik Cunningham. He's the best player on this offense, and he uh, probably hasn't been the best he can be for sure. He's definitely missed some throws. He hasn't been as consistent as a guy like Jordan Travis that we have. Mm-hmm. But um, but he's a super high ceiling guy, and you can't you can't go in. Uh, underrating him i guess I'm looking for a word there that was a good one i think you picked a good one i agree man you can't underestimate yeah. the guy right you can't <laughs> underestimate him especially since yeah, he's carved you up in the past now we, we will talk about the wide receivers here in a second because I, I i feel like malik might be feeling a little bit of a kindred relationship from jordan travis in 2021 because i don't think his receivers are helping him out very much at all this year but let's talk about the running game obviously malik cunningham himself is a huge running threat i think he's got like 39 rushing touchdowns in his entire career that's third place on louisville's career list for rushing touchdowns which is that's pretty insane when you think about the talent that's gone through there lamar jackson um running back michael bush if you remember him back in the day he played with brian brom like there's been some good football players that played at louisville and malik cunningham is third on that list so he does have the talent to make a huge impact on this game uh let's see louisville's main running back tyon edwards he's actually a transfer from tennessee five foot 11 220 Ooh, a little bit of a a little bit of a fire hydrant guy right there. What do we think of his play throughout the season? Is he is he been impressive? Is he been meh? What do you think of uh Tyon Ed Tyon Evans? Excuse Evans. me, Jesus. I, yeah, thank you. See, you're gonna correct me, but I stopped you. Tyon <laughs> Evans from Tennessee. What do you think of his play so far this year? Uh he uh he has been, I mean, he's their main guy for sure. He's their is main that, guy. Is that, is that just due to nobody else or is he really that impressive? I think they have a few other guys, but he's definitely the, uh, he's the most experienced guy in that, in that backfield, but he comes from Tennessee. He was pretty productive last season. He had 525 yards on 81 carries. That's good for six and a half yards of carry. That's good. Five is just over five yards of carry this season. Um, like you said, a bit of a fire hydrant, uh, <laughs> squatty, <laughs> a squatty bro. Yes. <laughs> I think Louisville likes those kind of backs. He's definitely quicker than fast. Um, he had a breakaway run against um, uh, Syracuse in the opener. Um, he's someone to look out for, for sure. He's he's a good player. I think nothing, what, nothing too special, but he's a good player. Um, serviceable. A nice serviceable right. big back kind of works well with the speed of Malik Cunningham. One thing that I think is going to operate in Florida State's favor, he's not really a big threat in the passing game. He really... Uh, I think it during what four receptions for 74 yards all of last season. That'll be good because Florida State's linebackers are really going to be tied up with keeping their eyes on Malik Cunningham and getting him contained. So I'm fine with a little bowling ball guy running into the line of scrimmage and hopefully just getting stifled by Florida State's interior defensive line. Besides Mr. Evans, are there any other running backs that Florida State fans need to keep an eye out for? Or is it just kind of a by committee approach? Uh there's some by committee for sure in this offense. That's really common mm-hmm. nowadays anyway. But Jawar Jordan, he's listed as second on the depth chart. He's listed 5'10", 174. He's definitely more of a scat back build. Um, hopefully we don't 
see too much of his speed on display, right? Yes. But, um, he's someone to look out for, number 25. Uh, Trevion Cooley, I think uh, Scott Satterfield said that he hasn't played any games yet this year, but Scott Satterfield said in a press conference that he should be back for this game. So that'll be a guy to look out for. He's number 23, um, and those should be your running backs for them. Okay. And they're a run-first team, so we'll probably see a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of lot of stretch zone, a lot of that stuff, and then of course right. plays coming off of that, and of course Kevin Little X's and Knowles, He will detail that during his scheme preview video on this one. We like to focus just on the personnel. You combine them both, you got the super friends of the best preview on the best Knowles website. That would be Knowles twenty four seven. Dane, what do we think of the wide receiver core? You mentioned Tyler Hudson, the transfer for Central Arkansas. This year, through two games, he's got 11 receptions, 170 yards. That does lead the team, but it's not really – it hasn't really been that impressive of a passing attack. We read Malik Cunningham's numbers, and to be fair, they're pedestrian. Marshawn Ford was very productive last season. He actually led the ACC in receptions for a tight end. He had 49 with 550, and he's a guy that Florida State fans are well acquainted with. But what do you think of the guys that are catching the ball from Malik Cunningham? Is it a, a case where – the talent has yet to show itself up or is this just going to be, it's not a good group of wide receivers. They lost their best. They lost their best player to Alabama as a transfer. I think, uh, what was his name? Harold Tyler. Tyler Harrell. Harrell, yeah. Tyler Harrell. So they left that. And of course, Satterfield squawking and squawking about that. Sorry, sorry, nerd. That's just how college football <laughs> rolls. But what do you think of the, the guys that are catching the balls from Malik Cunningham? I mean, is it just unlocked potential or is it just, he's going to Malik's going to have a tough year all year. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, he definitely, I think the ceiling of that room is definitely not very high. Um, okay. I, Tyler Hudson, like you said, Central Arkansas transfer. He had uh, just over 1,200 yards for them last season. He played three years at Central Arkansas. was super productive, but who knows how well that's going to really translate over the season for Louisville. But he's definitely considered their wide receiver one. Um, I don't think they have too much behind him. Uh, I brought up I brought up Amari Huggins Bruce. You um, did. He's I think he's due for a breakout year this year as a as a freshman. He's uh, listed as the slot in their depth chart. They actually show that he's a much smaller guy, 5'10", 160 pounds. And I think the matchup between him and uh and Kevin Knowles in the slot could be really interesting because Kevin has 
a lot of twitch and quickness and he kind of lacks length and um and maybe that's good for him but also he hasn't um he hasn't been the most consistent guy in that back end either so that's definitely a matchup to look out for i think that's a good point because we as we've noted especially on the triple option like film review uh there have been communication issues between between the nickel guys that are defending the slot receivers and some of the outside cornerbacks so it will be something to see if that's something that louisville has circled now that they've got some fsu tape uh, to see if that's something that they're going to attack. And at least last year, slot receivers feasted against Florida State. Dane, if Louisville's offense is going to have any success against Florida State on Friday night, how do you think they're going to do it? And actually, do you think they'll be able to have some success? I mean, they certainly have before with against Adam Fuller. Yeah, um, that's defense. a weird matchup. That's a weird matchup. I, I'm not as yeah. anti-Fuller as a lot of people are, but it, against Louisville, it's been a little gross the past couple years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But then again, you do have a just an objectively more complete defense than you have Absolutely. had under Adam Fuller. And mainly talking about the linebackers when we say that, and linebackers with defending in outside zone mainly, I guess. Um, mm-hmm which is really the bread and butter of Scott Satterfield offense. I think the linebackers play a big part in that. I was talking about that with um, with the guys at practice the other day. Like, this could be – it's not crazy to think that we could um, – I don't want to say shut them down, but I think Malik Cunningham is really the biggest concern here and outside of him. You shouldn't be having – you shouldn't be looking incompetent. You can't be get, You can't be getting caught with, like, your pants down, right, this year. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I And I'm with you, Dane. It's just like – it's it's like LSU, the slightly better quarterback and way less talent around him. How is before before we go through it? Because I, I agree with you. I think to me the key to the game is Florida State's linebacker play, the improvement of Kalen Deloche, the addition of Tatum Bethune, a slim down diet DJ Lundy. They're going to make all the difference in the entire world, along with the communication between the guys in the secondary. But I'm really watching the linebackers before we move on to Louisville's defense, which I think is a really favorable matchup for Florida State. Is Louisville's offensive line anything to write home about or just another kind of blah unit? I feel like they were expected to be better than they are going into the year because they have uh, Caleb Chandler. He's might be the best guard in the ACC. Mm-hmm. He was an all ACC guy last year. Uh, he's a senior over just across the board. All five of their offensive linemen are really, uh, they're all older guys or experienced. I think the youngest guy on there is what a, well, run out of Brown's a redshirt sophomore, but that's still pretty experienced, especially sure. at an offensive line like Florida States. Um, but mostly seniors and juniors, all guys that have been in college for a while. Um, and no, I don't think they have been very good. They definitely got pushed around a lot in Syracuse. That's been pl- talked about plenty. Mm-hmm. But um, Syracuse is a smaller unit, and they really pushed them around. Uh, Malik's been getting pressured. They, they averaged 13 points a game. Like, yeah, no, they <laughs> not, are. Nothing uh, about that offense is very good, you know, which is crazy because they're yeah. still the better. I mean, I I I think it's the better matchup for them against us. So it will be interesting. Get a nice big game from Florida State's defensive line. Keep the linebackers clean. Keep the field division open so we can contain Malik Cunningham and the running game. Let's move on to Louisville's defense. I think it's fair to start at the defensive line. I think the first thing that you should note is a guy in Arizona State transfer. His name was Jermaine Lowell. He was expected to be a major contributor, one of the best interior defenders in the entire country last year. He is out for the entire year. I do not think that he played against UCF. 
So the guys that are taking his place on the defensive line to watch out for, you've got sophomore defensive lineman. His name is Ashton Gelot or Gelotti or Gelote. I don't know. He's a big guy. Uh, and he, as a team, Louisville, they had six sacks in two games. Fairly productive. So they've got Ashton Gelote. They've got Yaya Diaby, who's got a sack and a half. And they've got redshirt sophomore defensive end. Ramon Purier, Purier, Purier. Anyway, who cares? It's Louisville. I don't have to pronounce him correctly. Who on that defensive line stands out to you, Dane? And just how much of a muck did I make of all those pronunciations? Could <laughs> there be like a John Williams or something like that? Give me something easy, guys. Well, I think, um, I mean, they. I don't think they have anything like super special in the defensive line for sure. Yeah. I um, Senior uh, number six, Yaya Diaby, he's been talked about, I feel like for a few years, as a guy who has like a high athletic ceiling. Um, probably the maybe the most defensive, most dangerous defensive lineman they have right now. But uh, he, yeah, like you said, a sack and a half this year so far. He only had a sack and a half last year through ten games. I'm not super worried about them. I feel like I was going to mention this on the um, I will later too. But do it now. Do have, it here first. Well, <laughs> they just don't have a ton of size. Um, especially on the defensive line. There's not a ton of length. There's not a guy. They play out of a three-four. Their nose tackle. 6'1", 296 pounds. Uh, oh. That's not super big for a nose guard. And then defensive ends, yeah, Ashen Gilote or whatever. Gilote, we will call him from the French region. <laughs> yes, about those. He's French yes. now, yeah. And then uh, Yaya Diavi, 6'4", 270. I mean, neither of those guys are – Yaya is longest most likely. I mean, 6'4", that's their tallest guy. But Ashen, 6'2". Mm-hmm. And then they're uh, – outside linebackers that rush off the edge a lot. Like um, Yasir Abdullah, he's he's a guy I like to bring up as an impact guy potentially. Okay. He led the team in sacks last year with 10, and he has the highest PFF grade as a starter on the defense right now with 68, but that's obviously nothing crazy either. That's but, the highest um, grade on the entire defense is a 68? So far this year, yeah. Interesting. Okay, That's Put not that too great. The, that, that's, uh, that's a D plus there, guys. That's what I went by. Um, <laughs> interesting. So who's the guy on that defensive line? Is it is it Abdullah? Is it Diaby? Who do you think is going to give Florida State the biggest fits, if any of these guys? There's no Allie Gays on this team. There's no Jaqueline Roys. There's no Mason Smiths. So, there's no Jermaine Lole's either. No, there's – oh, Lole. Oh, man, I wonder if he's a little bit of Polynesian. If he is, I, I – I think I, he is, yeah. Oh, dude, I disrespected the brotherhood. And I, everybody <laughs> knows I'm pro-Polynesian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jermaine Lole. Um, who who gives you – is there anybody that makes you nervous on that Louisville defensive line? It sounds like. I mean, they got a smaller nose tackle than Duquesne had. Our, our Austrian boy, Hadrechny. <laughs> Hadrechny, yeah. That's man. right. Um. I, I don't think – I think if you're looking at this defense as a whole, you definitely don't find the, the biggest, the most noteworthy guys in the front seven. I'll say that. Right. And, uh, and yeah. But but I think they're also built more as a pass rush, just like mentioning the size. I think they're built more naturally as a, as a pass rushing front than a, than a run stopping. And stats back that up too, obviously. Absolutely. Really bad run defense so far this year. Um, yeah, so I think if if, if they're going to have any success, I'm I'm with you, and the the rushing numbers bear that out over five yards of rush that the opponents have had, um, especially from some teams like UCF with a quarterback who can't really throw. I mean, they're they're one dimensional. They had to know the rushing attack was coming. They can't still really stop it consistently. Um, I think it's I, I'm with you, Dane. I think it's more of a havoc causing defense that Louisville's going to have, and they might 
they might cause some more havoc shooting the gaps and with twists and some blitz, creative blitz packages, things of that nature. You talked about Abdullah as the um, the outside pass rushing guys in the 3-4 defense. What about some of the linebackers in the middle? Uh, Monty Montgomery is a reliable guy. Uh, anybody in the linebacking core besides Abdullah is Montgomery a player to watch? He's a senior, so those senior linebackers obviously going to have high awareness, you know, kind of like our version of Tatum Bethune, a, a worse version, I would argue. But what do you think about Louisville's linebackers? Yeah, uh, Monty Montgomery and Momo Sanago or Sanogo, the two starting Ooh, inside I linebackers. Like, I do like that name. We're trying, they got a couple <laughs> Polynesians now. Maybe I should be a little bit more afraid than I thought I'd be. Um, but they're both seniors. Um, they aren't particularly impressive with um, <laughs> past stats or anything like that, but they're sure. definitely experienced and, Solid. and that's, that's worth noting. Okay. It, outside of that, I don't think they're anything special. Nothing at, at, athleticism wise. We just sure. like good, solid serviceable hands is what we're saying. Just, just a lot of veteran leadership, but nothing that really like flashes out at you. Correct. Yeah. And, and like I was talking about with the size, I mean, Monty Montgomery, who you mentioned five eleven. Uh, 222 then um the momo 61230 that's that's better but i mean i feel like there's a common theme of a lack of size in this team that you can take advantage of let's use a bigger team yeah yeah it would be nice for it would be nice for trey benson he had like a great game against duquesne okay game against lsu which i mean a, a very tough opponent would be nice to see us being able to utilize the strength and the speed of trey benson again I'm I've always been big on the Trayshawn Ward bandwagon. He I think he's going to have a fantastic game. He's just too patient not to. But Mike Norvell is going to scheme up some stuff to take advantage of the uh, of a team now where Florida State has a size advantage on, and, and they are going to try to run the run the rock and take those attritive body blows and kind of just take the air out of Louisville sales. So we've talked a lot. We talked about two of the three levels of Louisville's defense. And it doesn't sound like you're particularly impressed with any of them. And once again, the numbers bear that out. What about Louisville secondary? Is it the strength of the team? What do we what do we have there? What type of like what kind of coverages do they like to play? Like what sort of play style are they aggressive? Just give me give me some info in Louisville secondary and what's the talent level of that unit? Is it better than the other two? I think it definitely is. I think okay. the, the quarterbacks in particular are, are should be the strength of the defense. They have um I think the corner is probably where they have the most talent on the defense for sure and probably the most depth. Um, you have Keetro Clark, number 13, and number two, Chandler Jones. Clark was a second-team All-ACC guy last year, and Jones has been really good, too. Uh, that's one of the better cornerback duos you have in the conference. And then behind them, number 12, Jarvis, Jarvis Brownlee. We Who? know him. Who? What is that? <laughs> that seems to be a familiar name. I don't know. I mentioned that, and people... Just know who that is. Starts I don't know. To ring a bell. Starts yeah. to ring a bell. Maybe long passes in people's like memory. But we wish him all the best. Obviously, he's funny, dude. He's a, a he, he's had some quotes like we did him wrong. It was like, dude, I, hey, man, I get whatever. it. Bulletin board material. Wish you the best. Yeah. You were out there for that hail mary, not us, man. <laughs> like I'm really sorry about that. But anyway, how has he been? So so the the so. Brownlee's not in the starting two, but he's in the rotation. He actually, yeah. I do believe that he has the only interception for Louisville's defense this year. Uh, what type are they aggressive kind of press corners, Dane? Like what, what's their play style? Like it sounds like a really talented and experienced unit. I don't totally know that. I know, I mean, Quincy Riley's the other guy I was going to mention that that rotation of four is pretty good. And mm -hmm. um, 
I would, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just talking now, but they probably play a lot of, a lot of man when that is your, when that is your strength. And Satterfield mentioned how Clark and Jones uh, both have nickel flexibility, which to me implies that they like man coverage when you can just put guys where you want on the field for the best matchups on whichever wide receiver you, you like them on. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I and think I it'll do- depend more on what we do because like if they do like to run a lot of man, they can't fully be utilized. They can't fully be utilized against FSU with like a Jordan Travis at quarterback. Sure. So, um, so whatever they like to do, they'll probably be forced to play more, more zone than they'd like. I think you could say that. I'd agree with that too. And I actually, and it's funny you say that because we did uh, talking with Adam Brown, coach AB and kind of the, the group chat that we have for Knowles 24 seven. He mentioned that if there was an area of like Louisville's defense, I believe. And if I'm misquoting you, Adam, please feel free to yell at me at the non-existent social media accounts. You have your freaking dinosaur get on there and start promoting your work. But I did believe that he talked about Louisville's use of a, like a press man coverage, especially with the talented guys they have in the backfield. And just because, Florida State, we have brought in a lot of transfer receivers. They have improved. They have looked better. The guys that were on the team last year have looked better, like an Ontario Pokey Wilson. However, Louisville locked you down last year because Florida State's receivers could not get separation. That was the game that made Greedy Vance look like an all-conference type of player because he was going against. So that has to be in the back of their mind. So we will see. I do think the threat of Jordan Travis running, wanting to keep their eyes on the quarterback, they'll probably play a little bit more zone than they. I think they'd like, Dane. But I think that they're still going to dare Florida State's receivers to beat them consistently one-on-one. And that's, I mean, they're better this year, but it's only a two-game sample size, right? you got to continually do it over and over and over. They've got some talent. They've got some experience. The kids that you mentioned, Brownlee, Jacksonville State jokes aside, Lord (laughs) knows I've seen a ton of them already. He is going to be fired up. And that kid did have talent. He did get recruited to Florida State for a reason albeit inconsistent flashes of that talent. So a very talented cornerback unit. Um, before we get to the safeties, do you think cornerback, is that the most talented? It sounds like it's the most talented unit on the defense. Is it the most talented unit on the team outside of Malik Cunningham? Maybe. I think maybe you'd, uh, maybe offensive line is up there too, but like we talked about, they've been not great. Um Yeah. But yeah, when you're talking about matchups and winning one on ones against this these corners, like ideally you can run the ball well enough to set up the pass really well, mm-hmm. right? But um, but these corners, while they are pretty good and talented in their own right for sure, I think they lack lack length. Um, that's mm, Johnny Wilson, Johnny yeah, Johnny Wilson, Wilson Malik McLean, Deuce Span. Um, I mean, even Kentron Portier, Darion Williamson yeah. was, is a guy who was talked about as someone who's going to be in the game plan more, um, which I'm really excited about seeing him in practice. I think his ceiling is really absurd. I, that's You've noticed that away. too. Brendan, lo- Brendan loved him. You think this could maybe be like a sneaky, sneaky Darion Williamson breakout game, or at least a sure. guy that's going to, I mean, it's, you got to utilize that combination of size and athleticism eventually. So, okay. That's yeah, a good I don't one. I don't care who's on him. If he's playing to his ceiling, he's like seriously really, really good. Like that's a he's, null he's thy totally enemy. blown me away. That's a null thy enemy exclusive, boys. <laughs> We're the sneaky secret Darion Williamson hype preview podcast. Try to say that five times fast. All right. So we talked about the corners talented, the safeties, um, led by redshirt senior Kendrick Duncan. He had a really big game against UCF. Uh 13 tackles, 10 solo stops. 
maybe a little bit more tackles than you'd actually like from your safety to have. Hopefully you kind of wish the, the linemen and the linebackers would have done their job <laughs> a little bit, but there you go. There's that 5.2, 5.3 yards per rush. Um, safeties, talented group, or what, what do you think of the safeties for Louisville? Uh, yeah, they've um, some some experience there for sure. Like you said, Duncan, a uh, redshirt senior guy. He's a bigger body too, 6'3", 219. But um, I, they're also a talented group. MJ Griffin, I know, is a transfer in. There's more wild cards there probably than that corner. Sure, a little bit but, uh, more undefined potential there. However, yeah. the leadership of Duncan's going to help them. Another solid unit. So the back end is solid, and there's questions on the front seven once again. I think that Mike Norvell is circling that matchup, and I think that he listen. All the fun, motion, all that stuff aside, Mike Norvell is a run-first coach, and I know that him and Alec Atkins, they are just they are dialing up some very unique and effective blocking schemes. Dane, it's Friday night. It's like, I don't know, 12.30, midnight and a half Eastern time. The game is over. How do you think the game went? I want you to give me how you think the game's going to look. And then, of course, the Noel Thy Enemy undefeated so far 2-0 and score preview from Dangerous Dane Draper. Give me just, give me just, how do you think the game's going to go? And then give me the score prediction. So all the people, basically, you don't even have to watch the game after you listen to this podcast because you already know everything's going to go. Yeah. Um, so Florida State's what, favored by two and a half right now. Yep. <laughs> it can go a few different ways, but... Um because you don't know how this Florida State team is going to respond to success, I guess you could say, even True. though I think they'll respond better than they have in the past. Um, I think we saw a glimpse of that against uh, against LSU in that kind of environment. I don't think they'll go in and totally, like, crap their pants or whatever. That's good. Um, That's good because we're in all whites, so that would be very unfortunate, <laughs> especially in a high-def game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to contain Malik Cunningham. They know that. Um Previously playing against Jaden Daniels probably helps you there. You didn't yep. do a great job of containing him, but um, but you have good practice, I guess, there. And I think having Jordan Travis probably helps you there too. Sure. I mean, that's not a, a foreign thing to see for that defense. Um, I think if you play the way you should, you should definitely beat this team. I think you're the better you're the better coach team at this point, probably, or you 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 have been so far this year. You've looked that way. You've definitely looked more competent. I think you're probably. I think you're the more complete team. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably more talented across the, not across the board, talented in general. Sure. Team talent. Um, yeah, I think you should win this game. I think Jordan Travis honestly has been, gosh, I feel like I'm, I'm just gassing guys up on our team today. Um, but That's I really okay. feel like Jordan Travis is better than he's perceived nationally. And that hasn't, the national perception of him hasn't really caught up to how, how good he is and how much he's progressed. Um, I think that's fair, especially too when we went through that film review. How many of those plays like were solely on Jordan Travis with some of the drops mixed in? And he are he does have good advanced metrics, like advanced stats, but I think that he's played even better right now than his stats show, especially Definitely. given the level of competition. So I'm with you, Dane. I do think he's a little bit he's a little bit underrated, but another performance like this, prime time against Louisville, I don't think he's gonna be for long. Give me the official dangerous Dane Draper triple D score prediction. <laughs> I'm going to go. I put this in the prediction, so I'll say it here. Um, 35, 25 is what I went with. I think, um, I think they're going to be better than, than what a lot of people expect. And uh, largely because of Jordan Travis, I think if people, 
uh, if could watch Jordan Travis in practice and understand how consistent how consistent he is, and how it is just so so rare for him not to be really really good. Um, I don't think it would the line would be under a field goal. Um, okay. And I, I think I think you know maybe we let him back into the game. Whatever Malik Cunningham can always make a play. Sure. I think I think he win this game more comfortable than more comfortably than people most people would think. Especially preseason. I'm with you. I, I personally think, and I haven't written my prediction yet. I'll probably get to that tonight. I don't know. It's man. I got a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, I think that Florida State is definitely like 10 to 14 points better than Louisville. I think their margin of victory is going to be anywhere from like four to seven, just because I do think that like just looking at hard numbers, I think Florida State's a better team. They played better, and I think they do have more talent, not at every single position, but at enough of them where it's important. Um, I do. I, I still subscribe to the Florida State hasn't been three and oh in a while playing on the road Friday night weirdo game at Louisville going to be a huge environment for them. Massive game for them. And just those kind of soft factors, the white uniforms and maybe maybe Mike Norvell can beat the pessimism out of me. I did not think if you would have asked me a month ago, there was no way I was probably going to predict a Florida State victory in this game. But given how our team has looked and how their team has looked, I think the Knowles are going to show themselves to be the better team. I think the, the margin is going to be a little bit closer just because of those kind of soft, dumb football factors that I can't really justify, but I'll look really smart if they go down. But I think Florida State's going to win too. I think it'll be more like 35-31. But listen to that. Once again, Dane and I on the same page. Florida State going to take it to weirdo dork Scott Satterfield. The transition sunglasses will be broken in half. Mike Norvell will break the Satterfield curse because he is so tired of one of the few just just dorks of college football just having an undefeated record against him. I know it drives him crazy at night. So Mike Norvell is going to get the victory. Florida State's going to be 3-0. and And this was another great edition of Noel Thy Enemy. I am the host, Trey Rowland, and I'm here with the brains. Triple D, dangerous Dane Draper. Dane, is there anything else you'd like to say to the people before we sign off and let them enjoy, hopefully, a Florida State victory on Friday night? Yeah, let's hope. Um, no, nothing for me, Trey. <laughs> well, it's fingers crossed, and let's not let the environment. Uh, let's hopefully Florida State doesn't let the environment overwhelm them. We'll That's see right. How it goes. It should be no, fun. That's right. No poop on the pants, boys. Dane <laughs> has proclaimed it. Do not prove him wrong. I am Trey Roland. That was Dane Draper. This is Noel Thy Enemy. Thank you for listening. We will be here next week and every single week. Florida State has an opponent. Love you guys. Keep chopping and see you on the boards. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.